and the, the third the nipple, nipple yes the I'm third nipple would know. be additional pleasure so i'm just i'm just saying <laughs> that it's that kind of show fun. again right <laughs> your fun triple your pleasure <laughs> you're listening to a four by four by four radio network podcast are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Heidi ho the Jeep Talk Show is a show about Jeeps. We're here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Wendy is with us from California, Josh beaming in directly from Oregon, and me, Tony, here at the studio in Southeast Texas. We have a great show for you, and hang in there all the way to the end. Trust me, you'll appreciate it if you do. Yes, I'm Robin Leach, and this is <laughs> Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Oh, wait, no, I'm doing the wrong show again. He's Hi, Jeep. I'm Josh, <laughs> and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I'll be talking more about the Jeep plant uh, in trouble with the EPA, and I've got a feel-good story about a Jeeper stepping in to do the right thing. We've also got a must-have that you don't want to miss, so stick around. Howdy, it's Wendy, and are you prepared to wheel in crazy weather? Well, I'm sharing some tips to help keep you safe and dry. Yeah, crazy weather's the norm now, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Hi, I'm Donnie, and I'm going to uh, be repainting my Gladiator front bumper during the Christmas break. We'll talk about what I did wrong when I painted it in tonight's Gladiator segment. Oh, no. Hmm. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Yeah, I got to give credit where credit is due, and this first news story comes from our one and only Jeep Mama, who thought it would be a good uh, good one to start things off with. So, have you ever been in a vehicle where somebody cuts a big fart, and everybody knows who did it, but the person <laughs> swears they can't smell anything? Hey, what? <laughs> no, that's got nothing to do with Tammy, but it's kind of like what's going on with Stellantis right now, Jeep's parent company. They've been in trouble over the last couple few months since it was discovered that one of the painting lines for the Grand Cherokee L had improperly routed ducting, which was allowing harmful paint fumes to waft into the air of a nearby neighborhood. Well, on Wednesday, or yesterday as we record this, uh, Al Johnston with Stellantis' uh, corporate environmental program said that during a virtual community meeting, quote, the data demonstrates that the air quality area is safe. This is after a review of the data from the Stellantis-owned air monitoring system installed at Jeep's new assembly plant in Detroit, which showed emissions of potentially harmful chemicals are below federal and state standards. Nope. No fart smell here. Oh, good. <laughs> so Stellantis also said it will share the data from this monitoring system with the public on a quarterly basis. Previously, the information had only been shared quarterly with the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy, but a nearby resident decided to make a Freedom of Information Act request to obtain the information from the agency directly. What that report says is that the decision to include the data publicly has only come after Stellantis was facing fines from the State Department of an undeclosed amount following these multiple air quality violations. Now, I'm going to give the automaker some credit because the one thing that they did do right was take some initiative moving forward. Stellantis is set to begin a roughly $900 million investment at the Jefferson North Assembly Plant, which is just next door to this MAC facility at the center of all of this. That project is supposed to begin in February for production of the next generation of two rogue Grand Cherokees, as well as the Dodge Durango. Stellantis says that the proper equipment will be in place by the end of the year at the MAC facility, 
and by February at the Warren plant. It's also having a third-party engineering firm provide a report on how to further mitigate odors from the Detroit plant that has affected residential neighborhoods. Now, i got to give them some kudos uh, for at least that move alone. The State Department overseeing this whole fiasco is expected to hold a community meeting to provide updates on its investigation next month, at least according to the city of Detroit and the Detroit News. The, yeah, they uh, just keep getting deeper and deeper in this, don't they? <laughs> the, uh, the EPA needs to have, if they don't already have a those who smelt it dealt it department they're, they're right <laughs> there's probably shirts already printed tony <laughs> i'm with the epa and i'm here to help <laughs> now i mean i reported a couple few episodes back that um, stellantis jeep's parent company is is now involved in a in a civil rights lawsuit there's a, a group of uh, of neighbors adjacent to to the mac assembly plant that have come together and says that their their civil rights were violated because uh, you know of what happened what, what transpired uh, whether or not Stellantis knowingly reducted this or, or had it ducted uh, improperly, I, I think is at the crux of, the, of that matter. Uh, I think that's going to be proven that they didn't do anything intentionally. Uh, so there was no intent to violate anybody's uh, civil rights, whether it happened incidentally or not. Uh, regardless, uh, they've done a bunch of testing on this and, and the stuff that was being emitted, uh, they have deemed to be non, uh, of a non-health concern. Uh, meaning that nobody's going to, you know, develop a third eye or or grow a superfluous nipple or something like that because of the p- paint fumes that were in the air. So uh, it's all a bit of much to do about nothing. I think some people got very, very upset. And, of course, everybody is just utterly outraged over everything nowadays. Uh, and this got carried a little bit too far. Now, that being said, I mean, I wouldn't want to live next door to, uh, you know, a sewage treatment plant and, and be downwind from it uh, if they didn't have things, you know, operating properly. So... This is kind of along those lines. Uh, they've got things fixed. At least they're going to have things completely fixed uh, by uh, by the end of the year. And then with the new plant opening up here in a couple few months, uh, they're going to have everything all double-checked and, and that ready to go. On top of that, they've got this third-party uh, thing going. So re- they're really, they're covering all the bases. So I think they're set. So, Josh, this isn't the first time that I've heard uh, this used in a derogatory term, a, a, a third eye or an additional uh, superfluous nipple. I'd just like to point out that a third eye would be better for safety, and the, the third then nipple, nipple? Yes, the I'm third nipple would so. be additional pleasure. So I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> that it's that kind of show fun. again, right? Triple <laughs> your fun, triple your pleasure. <laughs> oh, well, what's that gum going to be called? Hey, Cyclops, how's it going? Man. Touch my nipple. <laughs> Well, this guy, I think, is uh, due for a hero award. Not Tony for his nipple <laughs> remarks, but no. Oh. It's, uh, uh, Justin Taylor is his name. And when he saw the devastation from last weekend's tornadoes in Kentucky, he picked up his phone and just started making some phone calls. He called the local United Auto Workers chapter with his idea, and they were fully on board right away. People in the Jeep plant where uh, in Toledo where he works were also more than willing to help out. The young Justin Taylor plans to collect new, unwrapped toys between now and Christmas Eve, then drive them overnight to Bowling Green, Kentucky, with a caravan of volunteer Santas. They plan to be on the ground on Christmas Day, interacting with the kids who lost everything. Mark Buford, the uh, UAW Local 12 Community Services Liaison to the American Red Cross for 20-plus years, says there's nothing more rewarding than helping folks after after a disaster. Justin, the kid who started this whole thing, says it's just kind of you know, keeping in the spirit of giving to others with what we've been blessed with. They're hurting down there, so we can give them a little bit of what we have. And he's already collecting toys inside the Jeep plant and is preparing to spend Christmas Day spreading cheer where they need it most. 
If you'd like to help with Jeeper Justin's toy drive, well, you can drop off toys at the local UAW Union Hall on National Avenue in Toledo, Ohio, during business hours between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday. Or you can volunteer for the trip by contacting the Union Hall directly. From all of us here at the Jeep Talk Show, we hope Justin's mission is a huge success. Wendy, I'm sure you heard about all that bad weather that uh, raced across the uh, United States. I think there was like 30-plus tornadoes. Yeah, across four states, or they called it a four-stater or something. They had a name for it, something different for that one tornado that hit all those. Very sad, very devastating. Oh, I think that was the one that was on the ground for over two hours and and Mm -hmm. traveled four states. which a mile wide. Yeah. A mile wide. Well, you got to be. I mean, you know. Uh, what was it? They pushing debris over thirty thousand feet in the air. I even heard a report of forty thousand. So you know, it's it's really hard for me in California to even comprehend what they go through with tornadoes because that happens right. all the time as the tornadoes. I just I've not been through it, thankfully, but at the same time, I just I can't imagine what that must be like. Well, just think about the the, the government there. So that would be kind of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sucking it up from all the people. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, man. Well, this one is a bit of a tragic story. This last Sunday morning, a Jeeper lost his life when his Wrangler careened off the 3rd Avenue Bridge and landed on its roof in a crash involving another motorist in the Bronx. The driver of the Jeep Wrangler was attempting to merge onto the southbound lanes of the Major Deegan Expressway from the East 135th Street entrance just before 5 a.m. when he crashed into an Audi A6 that was also, also traveling south. After the two vehicles collided, the Jeep lost control, then struck a concrete barrier, sending it upwards, but with enough momentum to flip it over and carry it over the edge, flying off the highway and landing roof first onto the lanes of East 135th Street, a good oh. 20 feet below. Wow. The driver of the Jeep was pronounced dead at the scene, and because we all know the factory roll bar was never meant to withstand this kind of impact, the scene was a gruesome one. Investigators were forced to pick through the debris to determine the Wrangler driver's identity. The identity of the Audi driver was much easier to come by. He is 23-year-old Freddie Martinez, who was taken to Lincoln Hospital in stable condition after the incident and was promptly arrested. He's being charged with driving while intoxicated and driving while uh, ability impaired, police have said. The New York uh, Police Department's Highway Collision Investigation Squad is still investigating this accident. Oh, how sad. And these pictures you have on the notes, the show notes, it's just awful. Yeah. Just awful. What it looks like, uh, if I were to uh, be a, a on-the-scene investigator, was uh, at least judging by the kind of a- uh, damage that is done to the body of, of the Jeep, it appears as if the driver's side rear quarter panel uh, is where uh, the vehicle was struck by the Audi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they kind of came together, the Audi uh, inadvertently doing a pit maneuver on the Wrangler, uh, sending it sideways, uh, and then hitting that barrier, flipping over, and coming down on the ground 20 feet below. So, uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm, I'm speculating as to exactly how things happened, uh, just kind of going off some details uh, from the report, and then looking at the pictures that we will also have in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. Well, because I'm feeling generous and it's, uh, well, the season of giving and all that, I figured I'd go ahead and give you guys a fourth story here at the Jeep Talk oh, Show for my. this week in Jeep. My God, now, uh, three was very exciting. I don't know. I'll try to do a fourth. <laughs> I don't time. know if I can hold the hold the containment. <laughs> so much. I'm well, so excited. This one is uh, this this one is is a good one. This one kind of along the lines of a dumb criminal story, but also pretty shocking. Now, this happened just about a 45 minute drive north from where I'm sitting right now. A speeding Honda CRV came off of uh, of Pacific Avenue and slammed into a parked Jeep Cherokee XJ so hard. 
that it and the Jeep crashed completely through an outside wall and then into an interior wall of a Kelso, Washington house where a resident was on the couch. The force of the crash threw the resident off his couch and across the living room. And this happened just after 7 p.m. at night. Now, firefighters rushed to the scene and quickly determined the house was strong enough for emergency rescue work, and so they went into action. Hydraulic cutters were used to cut through the garage to where the Honda CRV was. They pulled the driver and his dog out of the car and rushed the man to a nearby hospital for treatment. The Honda was leaking gas at this point, which made firefighters spray the entire area with foam while they worked to get the driver out. The homeowner, who declined medical attention after being thrown off the couch, surprisingly told firefighters he had six dogs in the house who were all missing. Oh, no. <laughs> They've all the found cr- new homes. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once crews determined the house was safe enough to completely search, they went in and found that all the dogs ah. were there and unhurt. There we go. Those, Good. Those little <laughs> bastards. <laughs> I thought they had left him. <laughs> like, we know where our snossages are. We're getting yeah, we're not leaving. <laughs> Unfortunately, the condition of the driver of the CRV is is unknown at this time, but uh, the pictures uh, uh, of this, just, I mean, amazing. Uh, so, was there, this, was there anybody in the Cherokee? Oh, it was parked, you had said. No, the yeah. Cherokee was attention. parked. It was uh, okay. just a, a Probably the homeowners, video. yeah. Uh, but, uh, man, uh, did, that's a, this, did, did you notice that's a custom bumper on the front of Look how I good see, it looks. I see yeah. that. <laughs> so this, this was a, a Cherokee that somebody had modified. Uh, they had put some money into, uh, I'm sure it was, uh, you know, somebody's baby as and it were. they're not building uh, any more new ones, so damn you. Completely like, knocked the face of this XJ off. I mean, there's no headlights. There's no headlight buckets. The incl- no. entire grill is gone. The bumper's but there. The hood, the hood doesn't have a dent in it. Hey, yeah, that, that it one does look good. <laughs> okay, so first off, the Honda CRV, pretty small car, going that fast. Think about the speed to be able to move the Cherokee and throw them both into this house. Not the other just thing into the, the house, but through yeah. one wall well, and into another. Another wall. Yeah, that's just. I mean, and then I want to beat the you-know-what out of this driver because he had a dog in the car. Well, I was, I was just going to say, is it wrong of me to be more concerned about the dog that was I in the know, in this Honda, the, the person that got knocked off the couch? Exactly. <laughs> and, and, what happened to the dog? For reporting, because I looked, I couldn't find any other details as to the condition of the dog that was in the CRV. So Maybe man, there I, wasn't I, I one. I don't know. So, but it's a stuffed animal. It's for Christmas. So, so Josh, did uh, did you get any kind of a feel that this might have been a stolen black uh, Honda Civic? <laughs> no. <laughs> and it was a CRV, not a Civic. Oh, green, I don't know but, the difference uh, between those okay. things. Darn it. I was hoping it was that missing vehicle that we were, we're still searching for from Oregon. Come no, on. no. It was the one that Josh had got stolen eight times. Or oh, no, that's was right. Was it nine times? Nine was, times. Well, it was stolen five times, broken into four other times for a total violation of nine times. I'm too, yeah. Uh, you guys got to go back and listen. No, I'm, I'm not kidding you, man. It was like, well, my, Here's another my one. Honda got stolen tonight. <laughs> no, really? On show night? And, and once, almost in the, uh, during the recording of the show, we had, there was one time we had just started the show. I think we were... 30 seconds in, I mean, less than a minute or two, definitely less than five minutes into the show. <laughs> and I hear a car alarm going off. And I was like, oh, wow, no. that's, that's really close. Really loud. So I, I take my headphones off because I can hear it in the studio through all the insulation, you know, through sound all- insulation and treatment and everything through wow. my headphones. I was like, well, what's good? You know, so I take my headphones off, take the cans off, 
I was like, wow, that's, I think that's my car alarm. And so it's like, I just drop everything. I grab my keys off the dining room table as I run out. And somebody, as I open the door, is running down my driveway. The doors of my Honda are open. And they have some waiting little POS ricer car out there with a coffee can exhaust. And <laughs> up the street uh. they go. And, and it's like, oh, I was right there. I almost caught you, you son of a. Yeah. Our highest rated episode. So that would have been 10 times. <laughs> would have been 10 times. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> It was like, but the the post said that, that there wasn't any kind of alarm on this on yeah, this Civic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> More of a car share than anything else. Well, if you've got a news reporter or anything else uh, for this week in Jeep or Jeep Talk Show, please let us know. Give us reach out and uh, and let us know what you have to say. You can do it by phone or by email at uh, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You can find a link there and uh, well. Go ahead and reach out and let us know what you have to say. Oh, and uh, Honda stolen Honda stories. If especially if you can beat Josh, that would be uh, <laughs> that would be an interesting story. Twelve <laughs> times, you know. Jeez. You're listening to a four x four radio network podcast. Hey, be sure to tell your friends about the four x four radio network. Look, it's not all about Jeeps, right? We know that there's other people out there who drive other things. It's, it's okay. It's not their fault. You know, they, they, they couldn't help themselves. But we got the On the Trail podcast there, Trail Chasers, the Center Steer podcast, the 4x4 podcast, tons of great off-road shows. And yeah, by the way, it's all off-road related. It's all for free. And it's all at the 4x4radionetwork.com website. The number four, the letter X, the number four, radionetwork.com. 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Hey, this is the last episode we're not doing any more? Before what? Christmas. What? <laughs> Wait, what? You didn't tell me that. Before Christmas, damn it. Oh, okay, good. Whew. Right. So what happens when you don't come to the meetings? The Jeep Talk Show will be off next week and trying to think of other ways to stay away from the family. Wait, did I say that or think that? No, I, no, no you said it. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. The Jeep Talk I Show will return new episodes on December 29th. We are looking forward to 2022 and beginning our 12th year in broadcasting. I can call it broadcasting, right? I mean, if you can say wow. we're the number one Jeep talk show in the world, I can say we're broadcasting, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think once you have tenure, it's 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 broadcasting. Is tenure ten years? I was always wondering about that. Does it does it take ten uh, years? It's my to get story, tenure? and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Works for us. Makes the math simple. <laughs> You know Jeep Mama and Wendy and Josh and Nikki G. There's Christopher and Larry and Chip and Travis. But do you recall the most famous Jeeper of all? Tony, the red Jeep driver, drove a very shiny Jeep. And if you ever saw it, you would even say, holy crap, those lights are bright. Turn off the high beams, jackass. <laughs> All of the other Jeepers used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Tony play any Jeeper games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Brown Santa came to say, oh, that's weird. Tony, with your Jeep lights so bright, won't you guide my trail run tonight? Then all the Jeepers loved him as they drove off in their Jeeps. Tony, the red Jeep driver, you'll go down in history. Tony, the red Jeep driver, you'll go down in history. Well, ho, ho, ho!
Merry Christmas. <laughs> that is awesome. That was well thought out. <laughs> very well done. Thank indeed. you. Thank you for that, and a very Merry Christmas. I will identify you so I can uh, uh, name you for the next uh, next time you do a song. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, first, I want to extend our thanks to the many Jeepers out there who are assisting fellow citizens during the horrible tornadoes that went through four states last week. If you're one of the volunteers helping with food and clothing drives and repairs, etc., we salute you. And a shout out to those who have been impacted by this massive tornado. You're in our thoughts and prayers. Now, speaking of weather, as we all know, Mother Nature has a mind of her own. Lucky for us in Southern Cal, we don't have tornadoes or hurricanes, but we do get wildfires, earthquakes, and of course, snow in the mountains. And everyone wants to come play in the snow. I see Facebook and Instagram posts of everyone planning a trip up to the mountains this weekend. I think it's the excitement to see how deep your vehicle can drive and bragging rights to say, I made it through the snowstorm of 2021. Now, last year, we had a really bad storm come through. And in episode 463, I highlighted all the issues with people going out in the snowstorm and what happens. You should check it out. Now, this episode, I want to share some things to consider and be prepared when wheeling in inclement weather. Now, I've never been through a tornado or hurricane, but I've been through earthquakes, fires, and now snow. I'm sure there are some differences in preparing for the storm in your area, so please call in and let us know what you have used or needed in your area when faced with a storm. For us in the snowy mountains, you really have to think before going out. Sure, the allure of the snow, the crisp fresh air, and the beauty is enough to make everyone call in sick and get out and wheel these mountains. Well, hold your horses, because you do need to prep before you get out there. First and foremost is that once winter hits us, it is mandatory to carry chains in all vehicles, even four-wheel drive with snow tires. No, we've never had to put them on, and with mud snow tires, I probably would never need them, but it's the law. So suck it up, buttercup. You have to buy the chains. Now, when you do decide to go out, think about checking the local weather app. Yep, the sky is blue right now, but during winter, that can change in a heartbeat. It can be sunny down off the hill, and by the time you arrive to wheel a black diamond, it's snowing and colder than you imagined. Now, do you have food on board? Not just those snacks, but bars and energy drinks. You need water, too. Up here, the air is so dry that your body is dehydrating with every breath. And don't forget the kids and the dogs. They need stuff, too. So bring extra layers of jackets, lightweight and heavyweight, for everyone. You may be broken down and the heater isn't working. (laughs) And I can tell you, your wife and kids will not be happy campers if they can't stay warm. Now, gloves are another must. Not one, but two, maybe three pairs. If you have to dig yourself out or stack rocks or whatever, the snow is wet, by the way, you will be soaked and happy you had another set of dry, warm gloves to use. Bringing a waterproof hat could come in handy, too. Now, this last storm we just had started as a frizzle. That's a mixture between rain and sleet. And boy, was it wet. Imagine being outside your vehicle for whatever reason. Getting soaked is not fun, and you probably won't dry out quickly because there isn't any sunshine when it's stormy out. Now, communication is key. Do you have a ham license or a GMRS radio? Most cell phones don't work in the mountains, and if you're in an earthquake or tornado, the cell tires towers could be down. Think about getting some other type of communication on board before you need it and learn how to use it. Now, flashlights with extra batteries are a must. You'd be surprised how often they come in handy. 
Any regular trail run can turn into a long overnight ordeal if you get stuck enough and don't have help. Now, in episode 426, I talked about tools that you need to always have on board. Now, with those included, you also need to make sure you have recovery gear like toe straps, soft and hard shackles, maybe a tracks board and a shovel. Now, you may be able to help someone else that's stuck on the trail, or you may to get yourself, maybe need to get yourself unstuck. Now, snow can be fun to drive on, but it does take the, sorry, snow can be fun to drive on, but it does make the hard obstacles much more difficult. You can't see the lines as easily, and it's easy to slip off rocks and gets wedged in a way that you need help getting unstuck. Now, the most important thing is do not go out alone. A few weeks ago, Josh shared a news story on, on the Jeep Talk Show with two experienced Jeepers out alone in the snow and the Jeep rolled over the side. Even as experienced Jeepers, going out alone is not a good idea in weather situations. Unless you like being a headline, then go ahead, go out alone. And we'll probably talk about it on a future segment of the Jeep Talk Show next spring when they find your Jeep. Okay, being funny. Now, if you get a chance to wheel in the snow, I highly recommend it. It'll be an experience you won't forget. But go prepared and have a great time. And I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, and I hope your holiday includes wheeling. So, guys, you want to add to any of the snow wheeling adventure? Oh, man. Snow wheeling is just one of my favorites. I I'm sorry, because there is literally no other terrain like it. Mm -hmm. You can't really describe it exactly because it's such a different type of element i mean yes there's the cold and you've got the white and everything's beautiful and, and all that sort of stuff it, it is it is unlike anything else it's all quiet too. yes it is it is so weird when you're when you're out in the wilderness during the summer and then you're out in the same area during the winter it is eerily different mm -hmm. and and the the snow just absorbs all the sound and so it i mean you can hear a pin drop and then so all the exhaust notes and the tire spin and everything else is all amplified and and so you know you, you get this extra noise and this extra sound it sort of amplifies the experience some as well and and uh, and depending on whether or not you're like in blizzard like conditions and stuff it adds an element of danger because you can only see like you know 25 feet in front of you or so uh it, it depends on uh, whether you're in night or, or during the day and stuff as well night wheeling in the snow is absolutely incredible a lot of fun but trying to navigate and wheel uh, in the snow while it is snowing is a different story because your headlights Completely. light up all the snow that's falling and not as much of the snow that's on the ground. Uh, and so you start moving too fast and all of a sudden you enter light speed in Star Wars and it's kind of awesome. <laughs> so uh, true. But then watch out, you know, George of the Jungle, watch out for that tree. Uh, mm -hmm. But, uh, and that's one of the other things. Uh, snow kind of develops a, a, you need to have a completely different skill set because picking a line while you're snow wheeling <laughs> yeah good what luck with that. yeah <laughs> what line and so being able to predict how gravity is going to start taking over your jeep as you lose traction uh it's one of those things where maybe you you, you even develop uh, a way to plan for it i'm going to break the rear end loose here i know the jeep is going to start sliding left because that's downhill and i'm going to do that i'm going to do it early so that i'm pointed in the right direction as i kind of enter into this new section of the trail and now all of a sudden you're pointed in the right direction you know exactly what you're doing and how your jeep was going to react and 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 so snow wheeling is is it just opens the opportunity for a completely different kind of a driving and wheeling experience if you ever get the chance and I, if you live in an area where you know it hasn't snowed in in a thousand years well then make the trip 
it's yep. worth it uh, because it, you'll have stories for days after, especially if you can go up with a group of people. Mm-hmm. I do have one question. Um, uh-huh. What is snow? <laughs> Poor Tony in Texas. With <laughs> I know. I know. Is, it, is it anything like defrosting your refrigerator where you have no. this buildup of snow? <laughs> no. And, okay. Not really. I couldn't get the Jeep in there. I tried. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. If you, uh, like Josh said, actually wheeling on the rocks and doing even the difficult uh, trails that you know the line, you know where the rocks are, you know where the pitfalls are. The snow completely changes the line. It changes the terrain. You're pretty sure you know where it is. It doesn't matter. You have to just sort of like Josh says, pick a different line or pick what you think is the line and then go with it. You have to let your Jeep do its job. It's very interesting so, and so exciting. What, so what you're time. saying is, is that if you don't, if you live in an area where there is no snow, you can just blindfold yourself and go wheeling and have the same experience. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I like how, how you said, Josh, is that because experience in, in wheeling in the snow lets you, you know, the special properties uh, with the, the snow and the sliding of your Jeep because you've done it before. And you, you actually talked about using the snow to manipulate your Jeep for a better line. And I thought that was really cool. And and if I've never heard of a better reason other than fun for going off-roading because you learn what your vehicle will do and, and that will translate into other vehicles that you drive somewhat. So it's it's it, it's a great idea. It's the same reason why uh, I uh, would do uh, 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 donuts in the uh, the wet field in my car when I was sixteen because I was right. preparing myself. Yes. <laughs> when it's when Honest driving, officer, yeah, this is when for I was, educational purposes. I swear, when I was driving and it was driving too fast in the rain, and I already knew what it felt like. So there you go. <laughs> it's definitely a different skill set, like Josh said. I yep. mean, you can have a lot of experience wheeling. You could be on a lot of black diamonds and put the snow in there it just and depends on the type of snow josh wouldn't you agree there's light fluffy snow there's thick wet oh and that freaks me out snotty stuff it makes sense but not being involved in any kind of snow related activities i I was surprised to to learn that yeah it's completely different but i aren't they calling for 110 inches of snow in california wendy is that already happening have you heard about this (laughs) not down here that i'm aware of maybe northern of the sierras uh, that, that's crazy that's, yeah up in the sierras probably i don't you think know. it was in the mountains that were calling for they, it well it was they like did shut, really they did, sh- they did shut down i-5 uh and it was yes. only open okay. up uh this morning at, at one point and that was but, because of blizzard conditions yeah and and you got to remember in southern california blizzard would be a lot of fog or just a little tiny bit of stuff on the ground oh. they they have to shut it down because people are just they just drive crazy so but yeah it's good well, I would love to hear your story or your topic or suggestion for Newbie Nuggets. Give us a call. Reach out to Jeep Talk Show slash contact and find out how you can do that. You can also check out our YouTube channel at Trails411 for great content with lots of tips, tricks, and techniques. You guys got anything planned for a, a Christmas uh, YouTube uh, video or, or anything like that? Any new uh, videos coming out on uh, Trails411 soon? Yeah. I keep telling Don that we need to do some bloopers because we have oh, had yeah. some very funny moments. And I said, we need to have bloopers because it's all we've deleted. Had some heli- well, yeah, you know, but some fun stuff. So we don't have anything specific. We've been really busy kind of with some training and stuff, but we're definitely thinking about some, some ideas. And Josh has inserted, uh, calm down. 
a snow wheeling pick from 2013 with his uh you know i like the contrast of that black jeep in the snow red would still yeah. look good but that's a good contrast yeah, it looks know, good it. anyway he's uh he's inserted the picture here for us to uh, for our host to see and uh, you'll be seeing that in the show notes as well so well some, and some personally i think XJ the white action. looks good in the snow too though come on now that's the white true looks good that's too. true there's no muddy uh tracks that you have there underneath the tires either it's all snow gladiator my name is gladiator gladiators are you not entertained are you not entertained is this not why you're here gladiator wendy josh you can see what i'm up against with my bumper in this picture that i have in the uh the host show notes you know, what this is going on? Exactly. <laughs> it looks like you dripped something on it or spilled something on it. I was going to say, did you spill some brake fluid on there or something? What's going I on I was here? urinating in a high wind. And, oh, uh <laughs> It's all coming back well, to me now. Ben, you have a serious problem because that's not what would happen in high wind. Okay. But <laughs> this all started happening after I watched that damn Alien movie. But uh, <laughs> but I digress. So, listeners, you can check out the picture of my motor-built, uh, moto-built Rock Crusher stubby bumper in this episode's show notes. Now, when I received my moto-built bumper ordered through Northridge 4x4, and oh, don't forget about our coupon code, Jeep Talk Show, uh, I had uh, self-etching primer and flat black paint. Uh, I used brake cleaner to remove all the oil that was on the bare metal uh, bumper. Wiped it down and dried it. Uh, let it dry, really, because that stuff evaporates so quickly. Then I uh, put primer on it, a couple of coats, and it was the self-etching primer that I used because I've used that before and had a lot of good luck with it. Uh, when it was completely dry, I uh, put on the black. The bumper looked great. And again, you guys can see that the, the, the bottom of the show notes here where I have the bumper right after I painted it. It, it does. It looks great. Uh, but the paint started peeling during the install. Just a little bit of it. And I thought, well, I can touch that up. Now, <laughs> vast portions of the paint have peeled yeah. off. Yeah. I mean, wow. there's there's no primer there. There's no paint there. But there is a lovely color of rust. So what did I do wrong? Hmm. Let me count your ways. <laughs> <laughs> do we have all night? I mean, what's okay? Just give me your top 12. Well, I, I was I was going to say you didn't rough things up, uh, but I, I don't like using brake cleaner uh, for paint prep. Ooh, maybe. Uh, but that 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 there's we can go on and on about pros and cons of of, of that. It's just uh, yeah, I don't know if it's the right tool for the job. I'm sure it works, but I know that there are other things that work better, like uh, uh, actual paint prep, like a, a, a we uh, what is it grease and wax remover. Uh, is what I have a can of out in the garage right now. And uh, that is what I use to treat all my metal with. I, I get a, the, the blue scotch towels, and I use that to wipe everything down with. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and, I, and I go over it twice uh, and blow it all dry with uh, uh, you know compressed air. Uh, and then I go over it with Scotch-Brite. Uh, you don't want to use anything like, like sandpaper, uh, typically unless you're using like you know maybe 800 grit or something like that. Uh, but Scotch-Brite roughs the, uh, the surface up just enough to let the the uh, and I use the etching the self etching primer as well. It's the only way to go. Right. Um, and, and but it gives it something else to to sort of grab onto and and to get into the metal a little bit better. So uh, this is the only thing that I've painted uh, that's gone on either the XJ or the the JT that is flaked. I have never hmm. had anything flake like this. 
And is it your paint that you chose? Did you I was going to ask you, was the there wrong humidity paint? Or, or rain going on? I was going to say, if you had a really high humidity, you might have had uh, just, you know, some spots that kind of brought some moisture along with them. And don't, I don't think know. so. Uh, I did the, the same thing to the rear uh, Moto Built bumper, uh, and it's great. It has no issues. The only difference was I sanded the oh, rear cool. bumper. Yep. So, and I used, I think, like 200 or 250 or something. Oh, an aggressive. Oh, yeah, paper. yeah, absolutely. Okay. And uh, so, uh, the, the paint looks great. It looks smooth. I don't have any problems. Like, you know, I think your idea of 800 grit is a, is a good idea, but I, I didn't use flat. I mean, I used flat black. I didn't use satin. And I think that the yeah. flat doesn't, you know, wouldn't show that as much. And I just don't think, uh, I personally don't like the idea of something that's a shiny black uh, like a shiny black bumper. I mean, it's, that's akin to a chrome bumper on a Jeep, and that just gives me the willies. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I, I sanded the rear bumper, so I'm going to uh, make sure, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I, as, I, as I stated, I, uh, I sanded the rear bumper, and it, it's doing great. The great thing about this bumper is I can remove it, the front bumper, I can remove it, and the winch and the mount will stay on the Gladiator. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the, the nuts are a bit difficult to get to because of the winch, but I'll be taking the bumper off, sanding it, and back onto the primer and the paint <laughs> during the Christmas break. Are you going to strip it first? Are you, are you going to go through a full strip, or are you just kind of going to no. sand no. all the areas, or are you just going to rough everything up as best as you can and give it all a, another good once-over? I'm going to see if anything else flakes off, and if, if, what is, uh, if what's on there is sticking then I'm going to leave it alone and just uh, feather, you know, the layers. Okay. And then, yep. I, and that's kind of what my next question was going to be. So I don't have it, a line but the, yeah. between the two different pieces of paint. Uh, I was not planning on, you know, getting it all down to bare metal. I don't I don't think that's necessary. Uh, and, and I can always take it off and paint it again if I have to. But I think, uh, and keep in mind, this is a bumper. It's going to see off-road. Uh, it just needs to look decent. And vast areas of rust is not looking decent. Is not good, yeah. Yeah, so oh. and it's just going to be bad long-term for the bumper uh, anyway. So and it, I just can't stop looking at this picture. Isn't, that, I mean, isn't that amazing? There's a it's, giant patch that is just yes, gone. It just, I saw that it underneath. Just, I'm sure it just slipped off, you know? That is but so weird. It doesn't now, if I hadn't taken the oil off of it, that would make sense to me. It, well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying is, is like it was sprayed with cooking spray first or something. I mean, it's just the one whole section, and I mean, there's not a drop of paint on it that I can see. No, uh, no. Uh, it no looks primer, like it, it's no. all lifted right off. Yeah, the yeah. primer and everything. That's what I'm like, this is, wow. I didn't consider, like, I mean, it wasn't raining outside. It wasn't real humid. I mean, more so than what it is in Texas all the time. Right. Uh, so, there was nothing that I know. It wasn't, like, really cold. It wasn't, like, really hot. Uh, I, I don't remember anything special about it. So it's it, it's uh, almost like you just missed that spot. Is what it looks like. like yeah. You just oh. you forgot to paint it, or you forgot to take the oil off, or something. Right. I mean, it's just weird. And and, and that's not that's the one spot. It's on the front. It's on the, the other areas of the bumper. I just I just took wow. a picture of the worst spot that I saw. Now wow. uh, you mentioned earlier about the paint and stuff. I used the same uh, primer because I got multiple cans of that when I bought it. I used the same etching primer, self etching yeah. primer. And black paint on the rear bumper. The only difference was, and, and I used the brake cleaner to clean that up, the the, the back huh. bumper. The only difference was only difference is that was I sanded it. Yeah, interesting. So interesting. I may not be doing it right, but damn it, that's how I do it. And uh, we we take that I, into I the show. I will say, 
I will say the 250, probably a little bit aggressive. I, I don't think I'd go anything lower than a 400. Uh, probably that's just my taste, but, uh, and, and again, for an off-road bumper, it, it honestly doesn't really matter. No. Uh, but roughing up that surface, getting that, that the surface sheen to break, uh, is, is what you need and, and to rough things up, kind of haze it up a little bit, give some kind of a, uh, a, a texture, a, you know, something for the paint to grab right. hold of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, well, good stuff, Tony. Live and learn, and uh, you got a visual representation uh, for people of you know what happens when when your prep goes wrong. Yeah, and, and I just—it's just been a long time since I painted a bumper or sliders or anything, and I just forgot to sand it. Uh, I, I think I was just really excited about getting that yeah, bumper on the say, on the yeah, Gladiator too. So all excited, look at this sexy bumper. I can't wait to get it on. <laughs> <laughs> now, I guess the question now is, since I'm going to repaint it, maybe I should repaint it red. Would a red factory red color bumper look really good on a factory red no. jeep no <laughs> no it, it, that's, that, it, that is a mall crawler one thing i can't stand is when you see a jeep <laughs> that is the same color from top to bottom the rims the 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 roof the bumpers, everything it's like yeah, please right. don't don't now, do that to now me. when Seriously. i was when i was like 12 i was able to get a red tire for my bicycle that's what they need to do next is come out with different color tires that you can match up to your to your vehicle you know, <clears throat> Jeeps are built for off-road, and they don't have to look good. But I think you could do both. <laughs> and people that who know how difficult it is to wheel the Jeep and keep it looking good, they'll notice. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Tony, I think you've got uh, an easy project ahead of you. It sounds like you know exactly what to do and, uh, and how to do it. It sounds like you got all the materials and, and everything even. So it's just a matter of getting it done. Well, I so, know how to do it now through trial and error, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. How's, how's the weather looking for your break? Are you going to be able to do this outside or are you going to have to turn the garage into a paint booth? No, I just do it. I mean, it, it won't matter. I usually just do it in the garage. And right now, half the garage is blocked off with uh, Christmas uh, boxes and stuff. Mm. So it'll just be a matter of uh, using the front part of the garage to, to paint it. Put on some, uh, put some uh, horse, uh, those uh, saw horses up. Horse? And yeah, saw horses. Put those saw horses up and, and paint it like I did before. There you um, go. So it, it'll be easy peasy. Well, it'll be well, interesting hope, to see uh, how this next one works, you know? Oh, I'm sure it'll right. be fine. I'll see some pictures over the Christmas break. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've been listening to you guys for free for, I don't know, years now, and I figure I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit you know normally i give uh, you a hard time about being a non-paying freeloading rat bastard free listener but not tonight i want to thank all three of you that became paid subscribers and wish all <laughs> for dedicated show listeners a very merry christmas oh the other oh. three of them yes <laughs> all six of you out there <laughs> oh they're multiplying we didn't pay for that <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I'm calling about a few episodes ago. Josh mentioned something about a Jeep plant worker dying on while on the job. 
Now, that's actually not the first time it's happened. It's happened way back in the 50s in Mopar on the uh, Plymouth line. Yeah, they made a movie about it. It's called Christine. (laughs) (laughs) That's not why I'm calling. Colin, I'll tell you, I think building a treehouse has got to be about the biggest insult you can make to a tree. It's like saying to a tree, hey, I've killed your friend. Now hold him for a while. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later, and you have a good one. Bye. It's funny because it's, it's true. Oh, man. <laughs> this segment of the show is brought to you by Lug Nuts. There's nothing like Lug Nuts to secure a wheel to a Jeep. Get yours now, and be sure to ask for genuine Lug brand nuts for your Jeep wheels. That's Lug Nuts. Well, guess what? You're invited to our Discord server. What is it, you ask? Well, it's group texting chat, or it can be an audio chat. It's your choice. Now, many of the Zoom people are there, and as one Zoom meeting member said recently, it's like the Zoom meeting only 24-7. We have anywhere from 8 to 28 people in the chat. Come join us and talk about Jeep stuff. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find the Discord invite link. It's free, and guess what? It's fun. Wait a minute. There's audio? <laughs> so I didn't have to type all that crap t- today when I was... Now you tell me. They're, 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 I know. They're only just now finding out there, there was audio. And if you guys missed it, on our roundtable uh, show this past Monday, uh, 544, episode 544, uh, uh, Chuck, the rancher in Kansas, uh, related the story to us that during a inopportune time that he was spending with his wife, a voice started coming through his phone. And his wife said, what? What is that? Is somebody listening to us? Oh, no. <laughs> Uh-oh. Were they having some special time? And- they were having some special time. <laughs> I believe. It, was, it was being broadcast live. <laughs> so so oh, if you haven't listened to episode 544, uh, you might want to go listen. It's, uh, it's very <laughs> funny. Oh, dear. <laughs> hey, it's Jeep Mama, a.k.a. Tammy, or Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama. I'm standing on the cliffs of the Pacific Ocean in Northern California right don't, now. Don't jump. I don't know if you can hear the foghorn going off. Anyway, I just wanted to give everyone a quick happy holidays, Merry Christmas, let you know I'm still around. I'm still working through some issues, um, and I miss all of you guys so much. Um, I can't wait to be back on the show. Um, I'm still doing YouTube videos, so go to YouTube and search Jeep Mama. Um, I've posted up some Hole in the Rock videos. Oh, my God, what a trail. Um, I'm still doing my how-tos and top five, so go check that out on YouTube. And also, you can follow me on my blog, JeepMama, M-O-M-M-A dot com, where I'm on my pilgrimage of healing my heart, mind, and soul. I've been doing some blog posts, so you guys can follow me there. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and hopefully I'll get back to the Jeep thing soon, and I'll be doing Jeep life again with Jeep Mama. Anyway, I hope you guys have a great holiday season, and, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me. And um, love you guys. Bye. Suck a nut, Santa. Here's a nutcracker. All right. Well, Merry Christmas there to you, Tammy. Thanks for checking in. We hope we hear from you more often. The voicemail is always open. 
So uh, keep us up to date with what's going on. And uh, in the meantime, check out uh, Jeep Mama's blog uh, and for uh, direct updates. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. And this week I picked a little something that is uh, apropos for the, uh, the this time of year, the the weather and stuff. I know it's you know, not supposed to be uh, timely and stuff, but uh, you know those WeatherTech and the Husky Floorliners, uh, they're, they're out there. They're probably what I would consider some of the best, and they are great. But who wants to fork out that kind of cash for floor mats? Well, I've got an affordable option that's not going to let you down. It's going to hold up just as good and perform just as well. Enter Rugged Ridge. Their molded floor liners provide complete protection for the cabin floor of your Jeep while keeping it looking factory fresh. Each liner is perfectly contoured to your vehicle's floor for precise and secure fitment, just like those other brands. The raised lip around the edge captures all those spills, weather, and debris, keeping your interior pristine. The chevron-shaped patented deep tread technology channels liquid away from your shoes or boots, keeping them nice and dry. Made of a durable, original equipment quality thermoplastic material that can withstand the rigors of daily use. These rugged ridge floor liners will provide uh, year-round carpet protection, keeping your Jeep's floor dry and clean from dirt to rain, sand to snow, and every muddy thing in between. Rugged ridge floor liners also have limited lifetime warranties, providing customers with repair or replacements that are subject to certain common exclusions. I, I like this as an option because that weather tech is expensive. Right. So right now, um, on Rugged Ridge's website, these are running about 183, 184 bucks, somewhere right around there. Um, on Amazon, uh, right now, they are 193, but you can get a $30 off rebate and uh, only pay $163. If you want that deal, got to click on the link in the show notes for episode 545. You know, you mentioned Husky, didn't you? The the Husky uh, liners. Yeah. So I, I I really like those, uh, and I wanted no, one. Stuff. I wanted one for the back of the XJ, and eventually oh, I bought one. Areas, right? Okay. Yeah. I, eventually, I bought one. I was very disappointed with how thin it was. Really? Yes. I mean, it was not what I would have thought the Husky liner would be. Uh, it was misshapen for a long time because of shipping. And it just mm-hmm. it just didn't have the thickness, the quality that I thought it should have. Now I have that uh, that safari rack in the back of the uh, the XJ, so it made it real easy to punch holes through the <laughs> through, oh, the, sure. through the liner because yeah. it was so thin. But I was I was disappointed with it. Hmm. That's well, I I don't know the actual measured thickness of these, uh, but I will say that the, the the ones that I've seen like at shows and stuff like that appear. To be very rugged, uh, no pun intended, with this being a rugged ridge product. Uh, so I, I, I can't speak to the difference between you know those and the Huskies, uh, for instance. But uh, I know that these are getting a lot of re- good reviews. Uh, they've been around for a long time, and Rugged Ridge does do a fair amount of R and D. Uh, and a lot of the stuff that I at least have used in the past has held up very, very well. Uh, so it's one of those brands that at least I myself can trust. I think you can too. Well, now that you must have a set of great floor liners from Rugged Ridge for yourself, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 545. What the hell is that smell? Burning gas or plastic. What, one or the other. <laughs> Jeep plant. <laughs> yes, it's just, you were downwind from the Jeep plant. Yeah. That's right. We didn't, you know... We're too close. 
<laughs> I'm gonna put out that fire before something catches. Now, uh, this is the part of the show where we pull up around a campfire and uh, and sit around. We're gonna chat. We're gonna invite you, the listener, to uh, come around the campfire with us and and talk about one particular topic or another. We pick a different one each and every week. Sometimes it's an open discussion. Sometimes it's a little bit more of a debate. Uh, and we're going to be talking this week about gas, or fuel at least, kind of a, a continuing uh, topic uh, that we've had in the last couple few tech talks. But, uh, but gas prices are definitely going up again. Thanks, Joe. So it's time to talk about your MPGs. We're going to ask you some of the things that uh, you've done to or with your Jeep to improve its mileage. Could be a modification, could be a way that you are driving, uh, anything really goes. Uh, and so we're going to ask the listeners that are around the campfire tonight what they are doing to improve MPGs. Now, if you want to join in on the campfire side chat, well, the next time we're doing it, we're going to let you know. And uh, and I'll let you know right after this segment how you can join in on the very next campfire side chat and be a part of the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, for now, I want to go ahead and call on Garrett uh, and ask Garrett, uh, where are you from, Garrett? Uh, what are you driving? And, and what have you done to your Jeep to improve its mileage? Uh, I'm from Wichita, Kansas. Um, I have a 05 TJ Rubicon. Um, I really haven't done anything for gas mileage. I'm currently in the middle of putting on my lift. Um, almost a week and I still haven't finished it, but working on it. Gas mileage doesn't really affect me too much because I don't drive super far unless I go out of town because I don't, I don't work too far home, so. Garrett, is your Jeep your daily driver? Um, kind of. I have a Jeep and a motorcycle and another Jeep, so I kind of just pick whichever one. Dude, that's that's a pretty good selection to choose from, actually. No I kidding. I about that. Uh, Meeny, meeny, mighty mo. I'm going to take the other Jeep. No, I think I'm going to ride the bike today. That's what I'm talking about. Well, Garrett, I, uh, I wish you all the best uh, of luck in the rest of your uh, uh, your Jeep lift installation. Uh, I will say that's likely going to decrease your gas mileage, though. So, uh, regardless, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, how about Brenner? Brenner, what uh, what kind of Jeep do you drive? Where are you from? And and have you done anything to it to increase its gas mileage? Well, from more of the Pittsburgh Pennsylvania, I'm driving a 21 JT Gladiator. And I've actually done stuff to hurt my mileage. I've That's how it goes. Tires on. <laughs> yeah. Any, anything else uh, planned in the future? Are you going to uh, uh, continue on with that theme or, uh, or maybe just kind of stop where you're at? Oh, I'm going to continue. <laughs> I'm depressed about it, too. A little. <laughs> yeah, but it's my daily driver, but I don't drive that much. Very good, very good. Yeah, it's it's a lot harder to uh, justify those those modifications when you've got like a forty mile or, or greater uh, commute one way, uh, and that then that Jeep just starts sucking that gas mileage. But uh, yeah, I'll but, you know, my wife. Right on. Well, thanks, Brenner. Uh, how about Tom? Tom, uh, what do you uh, what do you drive? Where are you from? And uh, have you done anything to improve or maybe not your gas mileage? Uh, well, I drive couple different rigs from time to time but uh the blue one behind me i'm out in arizona uh in the mountains and i've got a trail dash 2 programmer and uh banks intake on it however i am running 37s with 538 gears and that 38 needed all the help it could get yes sir yeah it does actually i'm sorry to say but uh, it's not a bad setup all things considered uh how are those gears doing for you are they they'd be really good in the rocks and stuff Uh, as far as uh on the road and everything is it friendly yeah, actually, uh, I drive it up from where I'm at. I'm about 80 miles from Tucson, so 
I drive to Tucson or even up in the Phoenix area, and it rolls. takes a while to get there, but it'll roll 75, 80. And it, at 75, it's running 2,400 RPM. Not too shabby. That's actually a pretty good spot for that sort of thing. But uh, well, can you, do you know what your gas mileage is right now? Roughly yeah, without you- a headwind, it runs about <laughs> 17 to 19. <laughs> That's actually not too bad, all things considered. And you're on 37s. I thought, honestly, you'd be in the low teens. Uh, here you're up uh, closer to 17. Uh, that's actually not not half bad. So uh, pat yourself on the back. You could be doing a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about Josh? The other Josh. Josh Downs. Josh, what do you drive? Where are you from? And have you done anything to improve or not your gas mileage on your Jeep? Uh, I'm about an hour east of Dallas. Got 95 XJ, 76 CJ5, and another one. But uh, I guess the only thing I've really done is kept them mostly stock. Small off-road mods here and there, but no lifts and big tires anymore. And uh, reduce my driving speed. That's pretty much it. I still get crappy gas mileage no matter what. It's kind of hard to fight uh, the poor gas mileage of a Jeep. It's a little bit sort of uh, ingrained in the genetics of the vehicle. Uh, I mean, after all, a cow is more aerodynamic than a Wrangler. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things that where you're, you're, you're sort of, uh, it's the nature of the beast, as it were. Uh, but I think that that honestly, one of the worst things you can do to your Jeep's gas mileage, and I'm not saying this as, as a negative, but, you know, lifting it and putting on big tires. I mean, that, that right there, you're going to drop your gas mileage by at least five miles to the gallon, I would think, especially depending on, on what gearing and, and tire size you're running uh, and, of course, the, the way you drive. Now, you mentioned something about, uh, you know, reducing the, uh, the, the speed that you drive at. Uh, instead of 75 on the freeway, maybe keeping it to 60 or, or 55, something like that. That, too, can actually save you a measurable amount of gas. Uh, would, you, would you agree, Josh? I mean, have you noticed that if you drop your, your, um, your, your speed, that your MPGs go up? Uh, yeah, in the XJ, if I keep it around 65 or 70, I can get an extra couple of miles per gallon. On the CJ5, uh, really not much you can do. It's a three-speed, yeah. so you, you just got to go slow if you want better gas mileage. Well, that's not exactly a vehicle that goes fast to begin with, at least in stock form. So, but that but X, XJ man, those uh, those four liter XJs, they need all the help they can get under the hood as far as gas mileage goes. So, you know, you're not hurting nothing there. All right, well, I'm going to move over to Bill. Bill A, uh, what kind of Jeep you got? Where are you from? And what have you done to uh, improve your gas mileage? Uh, I have a 2018 JL. Um, I live in Central Texas in the Austin area. Um, Really haven't done much. I mean, maybe, you know, switching to half doors on there, you know, certainly there's some weight reduction there and I run kind of the track top, you know, so maybe some weight reduction. I don't know it may or may not help, but I think probably the biggest thing has been just, you know, being a little more gentle on the gas and, and just slowing down a little bit. You know, it seems like, you know, if I keep it in, you know, 65, 70, then, then I'm good. So usually on my commute home, I'm just kind of get over to the right lane and just kind of, you know, cruise at you know 65 miles per hour and and that seems to help and i mean i'm getting you know 16 and a half 17 mpgs on my 37 so helps a little bit but not too bad maybe i need to go up to 37 that's that's the whole problem i'm running 33s and and it's just it's i don't know i need i need bigger tires that's all there is to it (laughs) oh it sounds like a winner to me any excuse Mm -hmm. right any excuse (laughs) i think all these guys are running 37s they're getting 17 miles a gallon well 
Math says I put on bigger tires. I'm going to get five miles to the gallon more. That's right. <laughs> it's science. <laughs> it's just science, right? <laughs> Nathan from Pittsburgh. Where? Uh, well, we know where you're at. Uh, what are you driving, Nathan? And uh, and what have you done to improve your gas mileage? Got a 2020 Gladiator. As expected, hurt it. Put on 35s and some spacers. Um, going with a three and a half inch lift here. Whenever I get a chance to install it, it's just sitting in the garage. So obviously not going to do any better with that. But I didn't buy a Jeep for the gas mileage. There no. you go. There you go. <laughs> and he knows what's what. So what are you what are you getting right now out of the Jeep? You know, have you done it? You got a baseline um, measurement? It's a sport. So when I started on the factory tires, I was somewhere around 20, commuting mostly highway. <laughs> Um, I'm down in the 16 to 17 now with the Vigor tires on it, but it's also winter, so I let it warm up a lot more. So it's definitely hurting my my gas mileage too. That way. Oh yeah. Well, you gotta you gotta let it warm up a little bit. I mean, jumping right into the cold Jeep. Ah, come on, you need some creature comfort. <laughs> that remote yeah, start no, makes it uh, makes it nice to warm up the Jeep. Not that I care. Yeah, about. actually, in- installed the remote start didn't even come with one. Oh wow, mine did. So, uh, but I could see. I, I'll use it during the summertime. I'll I'll chill mine down before getting the Jeep. <laughs> oh sure, I've done that in the past. Yeah, the remote start is definitely where it's at. I think we've given a remote start away on the show back in the back in the day. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Long time ago. I think it was. I think it was one that you had personally that you sent out. Yeah, no, I did. I think that was for our two hundredth episode. Wow, that was three hundred and fifty-four. Three hundred and forty-five. Wow, yeah. like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was, I don't know what brand you guys went with, but the Stardex makes a plug-and-play one that was like 20 minutes installed and operational. Oh, very oh nice. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I've never yeah, done no, that. You don't wire anything. You just literally plug it in, basically. Yeah, stripping and, and soldering and uh, putting the, the Hinks Reek tube on because you have to take unsolder it and put it back on there. <laughs> you know, so it's nope, like... none of that. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm used yeah. to. No. Back in the day when I was when I was working in, in auto electronics, uh, a, a remote start was a minimum of a three-hour install. Didn't matter what vehicle, and there were some vehicles that it turned into five or six. Uh, and, and so it's one of those things where I hear twenty minutes and plug and play. <laughs> I'm blown away because that's like a dream come true for somebody who used to work in the industry back in the day when remote start was uh, was first coming out and. And, uh, and that technology was all new. The modules were huge. The relays were gigantic. Uh, and they were a pain in the butt to install. But, uh, but no, glad you, uh, glad you got something really cool like that. Uh, and, uh, and it's working out for you. All the mobsters bought those remote starts for their vehicles so they could start it before they went and got in it. <laughs> How about Bob? Two cheap Jeep guys. You're cheap. What are you doing for your Jeep? For, uh, <laughs> uh, for it's in the name. <laughs> Bob, where are you from, by the way? Uh, tonight I'm in South Dakota, back home for Christmas. Wow. Right on. Uh, what kind of Jeep are you driving, and uh, have you done anything to uh, to it to improve its gas mileage? Uh, 2005 TJ, and I have a Camry hybrid. I drive the other times for the regular commute to offset the fuel cost. Because no, I haven't done anything to improve the fuel economy. I Lifted it, put on 33s, added weight, and drive like a bat out of the hell all the time. <laughs> Enjoy myself, damn it. <laughs> In other words, doing with a Jeep what a Jeep is supposed to be done. That's, That's right. That's, I love it. No, I like that. I like that. Thanks, Bob. 
Uh, yeah, that really, I think the, the best way to improve a Jeep's gas mileage is to not drive it and drive something else, but that's no fun. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, but, but when you got to yeah. commute, if you got a long commute, uh, you spend a lot of time in traffic, uh, it, it, it will pay for itself. I speak from experience after, spend, after spending over $400 a month on gas alone driving my Jeep 40 miles each way to work. I decided, okay, uh, that money can go to something else. I can get at least twice the gas mileage on that, spend half the money, and uh, and the vehicle will pay for itself, which is exactly what it did in less than a year's time, too. So if you're on the fence about getting a daily driver, do the math. It might pencil out for you. Uh, and that way you can uh, save your Jeep for uh, those uh, weekend warrior days and, and, well, just all the more for uh, for modifications and stuff. Uh, real quick, I want to move over to a, a couple names that we uh, see around the campfire uh, a lot more often. Uh, how about John Lee? John, uh, where are you from? What kind of Jeep do you drive? And, uh, and let's talk about your mileage. His so mileage I'm is a, great right now. <laughs> <laughs> sitting, sitting on a lift, waiting on tires. Yeah, it's great. Um, so I'm a, a 2017 JKU Rubicon. I'm in the Central Texas Austin area. Um, I had four tens from the factory and 35s. I was getting about 13 and a half, 14 miles per gallon out that of it. About right. um, That's what I'm And, getting. you know, I, I'm a uh, smiles per gallon kind of focus. Yes, sir. Yes. The, the miles. So um, what I've done is I've gone to 488s and put 37s on it. Well, trying to put 37s on it. And um, so uh, it's 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 my daily driver, but I work from home. So I don't, I don't oh, really have nice. a commute. So. Very nice. Well, you drop the kids off at school and make all the other kids jealous. I do drive the kids to school, but that's like less than three miles round trip. So, but oh. you know, just enough time to get a heat cycle on it. So. I need to walk. <laughs> but what you need what you need is a pa to start embarrassing your yes. children and stop them off uh no, yeah so i'm just gonna throw that out there <laughs> and uh, and hook it up so you can play the jeep talk show as you're pulling up and get us, us, us a few more listeners well i got a 14 year old daughter very easy to embarrass oh so yeah and Perfect. it's actually that's actually a sport when you become a parent right it's this right yes yeah and I'll mention uh, I'll mention something real quick. John has been helping uh, get the the word out. He uh, he randomly talks to people in Instagram and says, "Hey, have you heard the Jeep Talk Show?" And and then gets banned. But he's trying. He's getting the word out. <laughs> it's an unpaid position, John. By the way, just just yeah, I'm, I'm just bad. in case just, you were wondering. <laughs> all the best uh, of positions are unpaid, Josh. Uh, I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> hey, hey, John. John, really quick. Uh, what's going on with your tires? Are they back ordered, or is it just uh, one of those? <laughs> they're on. Oh, they're on. See that, the nation tour. <laughs> so, so what happened to them was FedEx happened to them, right? But, oh no. Um, apparently, they're they're supposed to be there now, and I'm supposed to be able to pick it up tomorrow afternoon. So, I'm I'm really hoping to to, to see it. See it good. It's been the, the shop has been losing money because it's been sitting. I've sold my 35, so it's been sitting on their lift. And they've been oh. unable to use it for <laughs> since last Friday. No. So, yeah. <laughs> they've had, they've had a whole, whole lift out of action. So your tires have been to multiple states, correct? So they the, the shipping went from Colorado to Arlington and then from Arlington to Austin and somehow ended up going to Ohio and then in Syracuse, New York. So now they're back. So, so literally they were, the They were actually <laughs> in the right state, but then left <laughs> to go. <laughs> They, it's like now the right, you just said just kidding. They were in the right city. They were in the right city. They yeah. were in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, so one clever they're, person they're, in Discord said, John, I think your tire mileage is going to be out of warranty by the time you exactly. get it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's been all over already. Yeah, that was me. 
they've traveled they've traveled quite a bit (laughs) what a story that's incredible well, thanks for sharing, John. Hopefully those tires end up where they're supposed to be uh, sooner than later. I, I know you're probably anxious to get back behind that wheel and, and test out the new uh, the new rubber. That'll let us know uh, how it all went or how it all uh, goes after it's all done. Uh, real quick, we're going to go over to uh, Chris with 7slats.com. Be sure to check that out, 7slats.com. Uh, Chris, uh, where are you from? What do you drive? And uh, have you done anything to improve your gas mileage? From Detroit, I drive a 14JK four-door. Uh, I've not done anything. Uh, uh, put a budget boost on a two-inch lift and a 33-inch tire. I, I would have to agree, uh, uh, staying uh, below 75, maybe 68, does. I do see a difference in getting the high teens overall, um, but uh, they haven't done anything to really improve it except just staying off the skinny pedal when I can. It's hard, isn't it, though? I mean, oh, yeah. these are so much fun to drive. And, and they're so torquey, they're so peppy, generally, if you have the right tires and gear set up, uh, that it's a, it's a lot of fun to drive. And uh, it's really hard to stay off that skinny pedal. I, I Speaking from experience, I'm an aggressive driver as it is. Uh, and then when I get behind the Jeep, uh, as long as it's not mine, uh, then I, I got, or as long as it is mine, <laughs> then I, like to, I like to be a little bit more, uh, more heavy on that skinny pedal. All right, Larry, Jeep and Mo is going to round out our list tonight. We're kind of running out of time. Uh, Larry, uh, what do you drive? Where are you from? And what have you done to improve your gas mileage? So we're just outside of St. Louis, Missouri. I've got an 18 JL Sport. And uh, on most times, I get around 15 miles in a gallon. So we did just uh, upgrade to 410, 410 gears and a new axle. So now I've got the use of fifth and sixth gear again. So hopefully that'll... Uh, <laughs> increase the gas mileage other than that the best way i found to to make fuel more uh palatable is don't look at the price pump it in oh siphon it from the neighbor is what i would thought you were going to say <laughs> oh, whatever whatever, oh, whatever it takes <laughs> uh larry uh were, did you have 355s before and you went to 410s is uh, that right i think there were 345s okay and uh like i said most times uh, fourth year was just about it so, you know, on 35s, so now, now with the 410s, I can actually cruise in sixth gear again. I bet you're really looking uh, at getting off-road with those uh, uh, Rubicon axles and the uh, the higher gear ratios. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to set some, some kind of wheeling up for uh, next week or two. Yep, I'm not, not even a shakedown run on this. So this is a pretty fresh install is what I'm getting. Yes, sir. Got to come what? out to California, Larry, so we can do all those other trails. Agreed. <laughs> I agree. Well, if you'd like to have fun around the campfire like we just did, we highly encourage you to do so. It is uh, a great time that we have here on the Jeep Talk Show with all of our Zoom people. I want to give a big shout out to all of you guys, John, Steve, Josh, both Joshes, actually, uh, Bill, Chris, Garrett, Larry, Brenner as well, Greg, sorry I didn't get to you, uh, Jim, Tom, Bob, Josh, and well, the other Josh, and uh, Nathan from Pittsburgh, of course, as well. Uh, I would like to also extend out to my co-hosts as well. Didn't call on them, but we're kind of running short on time uh, for this episode to uh, to get into that uh, going to get into that stuff. But if you'd like to join in on the campfire side chat, the very next time we're doing one, you can actually be a part of the Jeep Talk Show as we record the episode. And how you can do it is well, sign up for our newsletter. That's one of the best ways to get all the information about what's going on with the show, what's happening behind the scenes, what we have coming up as far as giveaways, interviews, things like that, and of course the link to actually join in on the Zoom meeting 
as we record the show and getting on with the Zoom people and come around the campfire side chat. Of course, another way to do it is uh, follow us on Facebook as well. We'll go ahead and post those uh, post the links up for you guys to join in on the campfire side chat the night of the show as we record it. Uh, but again, that newsletter is really the way to go. And remember, it's just as easy to subscribe to the newsletter as it is unsubs- or to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until our next episode, be sure to keep an eye out for those Jeep waves. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Hey, this is Nikki G. And what's more annoying than Tony with his finger on the gobble button? You guessed it. Nikki G with his finger on the gobble button. (laughs) When will the madness end? I really, really do wish that's why I was calling, but it's not. I'm calling to tell you that. Two TV antennas met on a roof, fell in love, and got married. I'll try, try to guess it. Yeah, the ceremony wasn't much, but the reception was excellent. There it is. There it is. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Or can I? I think I did. I don't know. Either way, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Oh, that was good. Well that done, Nikki G. G. Well done. Podcasting since 2010. <laughs> Christmas is my favorite time of year. Christmas is my favorite time of year. Everybody knows when it's near Children yells and jingle bells Give me something no one sells And fill that cup on up with Christmas cheer